All right, time for Fan Mail Friday. We're going to answer some of your questions and drop some knowledge, give you some feedback, and reply to your feedback so we can kick the weekend off right. If you're new to the Art of Charm podcast, this is not a great place to start. Most of our content is more in-depth, longer format. Check out the best of at theartofcharm.com slash best or the fundamentals toolbox at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox. That's where we've got the fundamentals of body language and nonverbal communication, attraction, negotiation, networking, etc., and everything else we teach here at The Art of Charm. So let's cut to it. All right, this one comes from Bob. That's not his real name. That's my uncle's name. First time email, long time listener. I wanted to reach out about something I've noticed in many of your shows that's been bothering me for a while now. While speaking to the audience about detaching themselves from previous social circles that are not conducive to success, you often combine college frat guy persona with that of someone who drinks too much and isn't looking for self-improvement. I understand the reason why you do this. It does prove the point that you are trying to make. However, I find it a bit disrespectful to put such a generalizing label on people affiliated with Greek life. The company I currently work for was founded by an alumni of my chapter. Many of my friends have found their current jobs and business partners through the fraternity system. I know you've probably seen the stats, but people with Greek backgrounds tend to do very well in politics, business, and entrepreneurial ventures. As an undergrad, I learned not only how to manage a budget of over 50 grand a year, but also how to deal with over 100 members of conflicting personalities and lead them towards common goals. Fraternity prepared me and gave me skills I could not have acquired at my age and at that point in my life anywhere else. I love your show. I've been listening for over a year. I have multiple brothers, frat brothers, I assume, who also enjoy your show. In fact, it is one of the best podcasts we recommend during our quarterly newsletters to alumni and active members. The frat guy comments sound very out of place and ignorant in your otherwise great show. People of Greek affiliation, whether sorority girls or fraternity guys, are a lot more than just alcoholics. I think having an episode on the benefits of going Greek or joining another large networking club while still an undergrad could help you and your career moving forward would be a good idea. There are a lot of qualified and successful individuals with Greek ties. Sorry for the long email. It's been bugging me for a while now. I know you must have a lot of listeners who are also Greek, and I'm sure they don't appreciate it either. Keep up the good work. Aside from the frat guy thing, I love the show. I actually think this is a really good point. I'm basically going on something that I got from frat guys when I was in college, which was like kind of the stereotypical D-bag guy, but I'm, I'm blatantly ignoring all my friends even from college, who were in frats, who were totally fine. So essentially, I'm kind of Hollywoodizing the whole thing, whereas really, a frat is a great idea as long as they encourage you to do things that are good for you, like networking and development, things I haven't thought about because I was never in a frat when I when I was in college. And In fact, if I had to do it over again, I would totally join a frat in college. I would join the board of that and learn probably a lot more than I did in any of my classes. I don't, Jason, you don't seem like the frat type. Were you in a frat? I was definitely not in a frat. I went to community college. I didn't graduate, but I have had a lot of friends who come from fraternities, and it has actually helped them in business and in social life. So in other words, I should stop saying some effing frat guy and be like some effing guy who probably wouldn't get into your frat because they're very personal development oriented. And then I would just can keep the same frat guy voice, even though it's no longer the frat guy voice. I don't know. I'm going to have to think of another name for it. So, Bob, you're in charge of figuring out what that persona is because it's no longer the frat guy thing. It's true. He's right. They're, it's totally not the case. Probably most frats, the guys grow up and they stay friends and there's a lot of benefits from it. And the reason they get a bad rap is because everyone's an idiot when you're 18, bar none. And it doesn't matter if you're in a frat or not. In fact, the, being in a fraternity probably helps you grow out of it faster. 
Jason, I know you remember this guy. This is from George. He was from the show last week. His sister asked him to lend her like three grand or five grand or something like that. Oh, I totally remember him. Yeah. yeah. And he says, thanks for addressing the question on the show. By the way, we have different mothers. I know he's immediately sort of distancing himself from that. He says, her mother is not well off financially, so she borrows from our, my dad and my mom, they're not wealthy, but they've always helped her when she needs it. She did ask my mom for the money, but my mom was unwilling to help her due to the amount of the money. I had a sit down talk with her after the show and I told her I would not give her the money. I figured if I gave her a book, she would be completely unwilling to read it or just lie to me and say she would. That was what you said, Jason. I offered to sit down with her and help her figure out her finances and how she could come up with the money herself. She was not even slightly interested in my help. She just wanted a check. Also, and here's a fun fact, Jason, that's going to light you up a little bit. It turns out the back due taxes were not for her house. They were for her boat. Oh, yeah. She admits she's only used her boat one time in two years, but was unwilling to sell it. Also, the final thing is she makes more money than me. She spends her money on items like her boat, camper, NFL season tickets, concerts, and other activities I refuse to spend my own money on. I felt bad for not helping her for like an hour and got over it. Man, if we were in the same room right now, I would high five you because we nailed that one. I, I yeah, I mean, I I like you have like psychic abilities, Jason, when it comes to people who are asking for money. But I seriously now, George, how glad are you? You didn't lend her money to pay off her effing boat so she can go waste more money on NFL season tickets. Not that that's a waste if you're really into football, but if you can't afford taxes on things that you're buying and you've used a boat once in two years and you're asking people for money there's it's much more than just being bad with money there's like some sort of pathological thing going on here i'm wondering if anybody out there listening knows what the mental process is here is it just like people i mean is there a shopaholic thing going on here or does she have some sort of other pathology i'm curious myself because that that's that's not just like oh crap i couldn't afford that that's like blatant idiocy to the next level this is a 40 year old woman yeah, no, I mean, I said on the last show, maybe sell the kid to pay off the pay off the debt, but she's got a boat. She can just sell the boat. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This one comes from Mark. He says, he writes a little bit in German. He says, Grüezi aus der Schweiz, which means greetings from Switzerland. He says, I'm sitting here in my living room in St. Gallen, Switzerland, some six months to the day after arriving from the Bronx. Being here and for it not to be some kind of one-off vacation or a dream is unbelievable to me. Where I'm from, the possibility of living in Europe or much less visiting Switzerland is not something that comes up in general conversation. Just wanted to say thank you. This message is long overdue, and my apologies for that. The peeps at AOC and that incredible podcast are responsible for playing a huge part in helping me with attracting, courting, and marrying my wife, Tammy, developing a new and better social group, and unraveling fears while exploring what genuinely makes me tick, both personally and professionally. You guys have helped me find the gumption to quit my job, get rid of my stuff, say farewell to just about everything I knew to make this jump to Switzerland, which happened in a period of 10 days. Quick story, after I got here, due in part to gleaning good wisdom from the show, I felt pretty good about what I was able to do socially in New York and thought, what the hey, I'll dominate this town. That was until I stepped out of my in-laws apartment here in St. Gallen and proceeded to freak the hell out. How am I gonna chat with anybody? Who am I gonna relate to? I'm a lactose intolerant, non-chocolate loving, habitually jaywalking black dude with dreads down to my butt in goddamn Switzerland. <laughs> I love this guy, I, know. I love this guy. I know. 
I'd love to say that it was just the first week, but it was more like months and I'm still working through it. Then one day I listened to the boot camp episode and decided that even though I don't flow with the local tongue or Schweizerdeutsch, which means Swiss German, let me just try a more open body language and make some adjustments suggested in those episodes. This stuff is like magic. People started talking to me instantly. My broken German doesn't get in the way nearly as much as I thought it would, and this happens regularly whenever I remember to do it. Thanks for continually reminding me to keep practicing what I already know but forget when the nerves come on, thinking that human nature changes just because a language does. Good to know how wrong I was in that. Those stories about your experience in Germany help a lot. Thank you, Jordan, and the guys at AOC for all the hard work. I appreciate what you bros do. That is an awesome email. Thanks so much. Keep us posted on your, your life with your new wife in Switzerland, and I really appreciate hearing from you about how you've made massively drastic changes due to AOC and uh, what you've learned here from, from our workshops and our show. Next up, we have Tom. He says, love your show. Found it a month ago. Have done a deep dive into the depths of back episodes. I've been able to use your tips about VIPs to get more time with my boss, and I believe make a decent impression with a guy who's worth literally $300 million and is crazy connected. I've gotten my stuff together over the past two months. I was always lazy and unorganized and got by just by coasting. Then because of a scheduling conflict, I'm forced to take 18 hours fall semester of my upcoming third year in law school while holding down a job. This got me into another podcast, which led me to your show. My question is, since I have the history I have, my GPA and class standing are really weak. I know grades in the grand scheme don't determine everything, but as a result of my bad habits, I'm afraid my pre-law schoolwork references won't be glowing either. Do you have advice on how to address that with potential employers? But I'm better now. Just let me try, please. It doesn't sound super useful. Thanks for any help. I already get a bunch of great stuff from you for free. I really appreciate it. Here's, here are my thoughts. You can have bad grades early on, and you need to have great grades later on in order to get by. Um, so they're looking for an upswing. Now, that upswing ideally comes during high school or undergrad, but if it doesn't and you're in law school now, what you need to do is point to the fact that you're able to come through in a pinch, that you are able to do actual work. So as an employer myself, I look far less at grades, although I still will. I look more at work experience and references uh, as long as I can verify the references are legit. If you've got a bunch of C pluses and a bunch of the people I call seem like your friend and they say, oh, yeah, wow, he's great, that's one thing. But if you've got mediocre grades and you say, I couldn't sit still and I couldn't do this, but I love working on X, Y, and Z, and those are the things I need from you, that's completely different. So what you might need to do, you might have burned a year or so, right, which is okay because you burned a year of, like, friggin' school, uh, and you're going to have to spend it doing work for people that maybe you don't love, but you're going to have to crush it. This is actually an opportunity because right now you've got more time with your boss, right? So if you really crush at your new job and you're looking to move up later on, or if you feel like maybe you're not going to get hired here, what you need to do is explain, listen, I'm not that interested in schoolwork. I wasn't an undergrad. I couldn't see the point. I really like doing what I'm doing now. Look at my performance and document what you're doing to work with the company, make yourself uh, a thought leader inside that company, make the company money, whatever your position is, that's what's going to speak a lot louder than what you got in Anthro 101 three years ago, four, five years ago now, right, if you're in your 3L year of law school. So it's really not going to be a big deal, but it's definitely going to show you do need to address it. You need to say why you didn't necessarily think of it back then, why you're doing things differently now, 
uh, academically in law school and why you've been a great worker with a proven track record. And the more people you can get that work with you that show that you are doing well at work, they're not going to care nearly as much about your grades. And uh, normally I don't address student-specific questions here, but I think this is really important because I know a lot of people write in with similar questions like, my last job didn't go so well, I hated it, I didn't get along with my boss who turned out to be like my ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend or whatever. Same thing applies. You can switch, you might not get your dream job right away, but you can definitely work your butt off and get good references for that and develop skills at the same time. So look at it as an opportunity to course correct and not, oh my God, I'm screwed forever because I didn't pay attention in French class. Hey Jordan, love the show, I listen every day at work, most recently the value episodes. You talk about how a lot of guys test each other the way that women do. I had to pause the show and grab a mop because you blew my effing mind. Now, I know why, instead of close friendships with a ton of high-quality men, I have semi-functional acquaintanceships with a couple of losers. Ouch. (laughs) Finally, my question, how can I hang with the wolves and not the runs? What do the high-value people look for and test in other men? Which episodes would be helpful to find myself in that category? And blah, 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 I'd love to buy you a beer. I'll take it. May the force be with you. (laughs) All right, here's what it comes down to. It comes down to value. And we talk about this a lot in the value podcast that you talked about, which is what spurred the question. But value isn't like how cool you are or how much of a boss you are. It can be that, but usually it comes down to how you're giving value, right? People who are of value want to hang with other people of value. It doesn't matter if you're the same status right away. If you're making introductions that are useful, if you're introducing unmarried guys to women in your life, that's really high value stuff for single guys, believe me. Uh, Build something. If you build something, a side business, you you create a cool tour that you invite people on, you organize a group trip and you make it kick butt, that'll help you increase your social status. Another thing that I notice a lot of people doing is complaining, and that actively lowers your social status. A lot of guys who are high performers, work really hard, they don't want to hear you vent all the time. Uh, You might have to lend some emotional support to them to do it. And we talk about all this stuff a lot in depth on the show. I know you're just kind of getting through the toolbox, but the rest of the stuff you are going to crush. So check out the best of and the rest of the toolbox. But also, if you guys are interested, we have our social capital product as well that has a lot of the networking stuff. And you guys can get more information on that. If you're on our email list, we're going to be sending out announcements on that soon. And we'll be formally announcing it on the show later as well. But listen to the toolbox. Check out the best of episodes. Put that stuff into action. And you will not have this question that much longer. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Don't forget, you can reach me, Jordan, at The Art of Charm. We read everything. Somebody here does, even if it's not me. And I'd love to hear from you. More from The Art of Charm at theartofcharm.com. Now have a great weekend. Get out there and connect and leave everyone better than you found them. Lennon and McCartney, Jagger and Richards, Watson and Crick, AJ and Johnny. What about the perfect duo when it comes to growing your business? Well, that's you and Shopify. That's right, Johnny. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze your online marketing campaigns. And sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash charm. Go to shopify.com slash charm now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash charm. And now a quick message from our newest sponsor. Remember, supporting our sponsors is the best way to support the show. That's right. AJ, did you know socks, tees, and underwear are the three most requested clothing items in homeless shelters? I had absolutely no idea. Bombas knows, and they're doing something about it, making ridiculously comfortable versions of all three and donating one for every item sold. With all the clothing brands out there, it's nice to find some basics that don't just feel good, but do good too. That is completely amazing, and that's why we're so excited to be working with our newest sponsor, Bombas. To date, Bombas, one purchase equals one donated commitment, has helped customers donate over 100 million essential clothing items to people facing homelessness. That's a lot of good done by people just buying the Bombas they wear every day. Visit bombas.com slash charm and use code charm for 20% off your first purchase. And once you try Bombas, you'll know why so many people have purchased and donated so many. The comfort geniuses at Bombas work tirelessly to make your everyday things your favorite things. Whether there's an arch-supporting sock that feels like it was sculpted to your foot, a buttery soft tee with no itchy tag, or underwear that feels like nothing while supporting everything. The best part, AJ, Bombas has a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you got the wrong size, your dog chews up your socks, or a pair vanishes in the washing machine, and you know they will, it's easy to get a free return, exchange, or replacement. There's nothing worse than when Puppers gets a hold of my favorite Bombas athletic socks. They're precision engineered for being active with sweat wicking power, impact cushioning, blister defense, and no annoying toe seams that get between you and your goals. I try to limit my essential purchases to one time a year, and I was so pumped to know that Bombas has my underwear, socks, and tees needs completely covered. I have been loving the soft underwear and tees here in Medellin. Ready to get comfy and give back? Head over to bombas.com slash charm and use code charm for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash charm. And use code charm at checkout. So Jordan, before we go, uh, the Chester Santos episode came out this Wednesday, and I want to go back and see if uh, you still have the knowledge from the memory episode. Can you go through that again and tell us what we talked about on the show? I can. And here's the thing. In real time, that was like two months ago. Because yeah. we recorded that a long time ago, and then the Fan Mail Friday we do every week. So I'm going to give it a shot. You might have to help me along at some point, but I'm pretty sure I can do most of it. All right, let's hear it. All what right. you got? Uh, I need the first one. Monkey. Okay, monkey, iron, rope, kite, house. Is it paper or shoe? It's paper. Paper, shoe, worm, envelope, something, and then the river, right? 
What do you write on that? What What do you write on an Pen- envelope? With? Pencil, river, rock, tree, cheese. One more. Co- One more. Come on. Quarter. You got it. Nice. All right. Well done. You, you knew that from memory, though. You had it. See, I'm on. I'm on the spot here. So I, that's the. That's what I attribute that to. Yeah, but nice, you work though. harder. You You work harder than I do. That's so. true. Fact. <laughs> Nailed it. Awesome. Well, the stuff works. Two months later, still kind of got it. Little rusty. So if you, yeah, if you haven't heard the Chester Santos episode, we recommend going back and checking it out because his his methods were pretty good. We we totally went into the memory palace. If I'd practiced that even a little bit in the interim, I would have nailed that. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Remember to have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and everything for the extraordinary man at theartofcharmpodcast.com. Time for Fan Mail Friday, where we'll be dropping some knowledge and feedback and answering your questions, or trying to, to help you kick the... I'm going to start over. (laughs) (laughs) 